You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Well, if you can believe it, we are already in the middle of February. I, for one, cannot believe how fast time seems to fly anymore. It's like, wow, well, the year's starting and <laughs> there it goes. It's over. <laughs> Another year. But, you know, I'm, I'm so glad for you guys that are joining us to hang out and Enjoy another episode of Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall here at Bride Ministries. I want you to know that we are very, very grateful for all of our prayer warriors, intercessors, and financial supporters. You guys are just doing an awesome job and moving us forward, specifically for our financial supporters. You have access to the Fireplace Church archives. Let me explain to you what we've done. We have a lot of material that goes out. We have this podcast that goes out every week. We have free prayer resources on the website, as well as other things that you can navigate there. We have a whole array of Fireplace Church sermons that were produced with the green screen in the early phase of um, our endeavor to create an internet platform church. And, and those are all available on YouTube. We even have a separate page called Fireplace Church 24-7 on our website where you could just watch those videos all day long. But what we did not have was any kind of exclusive benefits or uh, bonus content for those of you that are actually financially supporting us. And we had been wanting to do that for a long time. And we deliberated and said, how can we add value to those that are adding value to us? And we finally landed on making the Fireplace Church in its new uh, format available in archive form because many people said, hey, you know, I want to be able to hear the Fireplace Church, but for whatever reason, maybe I can't make it one week. Or they say, you know, um, I, I, I just can't do Sunday nights, but how can I get the material? Well, for every person that contributes $100 or more to Bride Ministries within a calendar year, you are being added to a special group. And when you log into our website, you have access to the Fireplace Church archives. And so that's for all of you out there. And and everyone that has donated $100 in the calendar year 2017 or in 2018, if you don't have access to the Fireplace Church archives when you log into our website, just send us an email, info at bridemovement.com. Let us know and we'll square you away and, and get you settled. So uh, we just want to make sure that every one of you out there understands, look, we want to give back. We want to know how much... We appreciate those of you that are adding value to us. And for those of you that uh, gave more, you know, last year, we, we even sent off free DVDs. We sent off to some of you um, Bride Tribe engraved notebooks. I mean, just we wanted to say thank you. Anyway, with that said, we are moving forward with all kinds of stuff this year. We are doing the D- Dallas Intercessory Gatherings. Th- those are not open forums. Those are closed groups, invite only. But we are interceding for the city of Dallas every month. Uh, We are also uh, launching the Bride Ministries Institute. Look forward to that. Its first um, component of that will go live next month, March, which is going to be the spiritual warfare class. What's happening with the Bride Ministries Institute is we are basically teaching through all of our discipleship courses. And each discipleship course, which is an eight-week class, will be made available on our platform And once we have gone through that foundational 
information and teaching. We're going to be adding to that courses on deliverance, on inner healing, on how to work with satanic ritual abuse survivors, and we're going to build out the school in that way. So all of the classes will be available for individual purchases, and people will be able to pick and choose what information, what courses they want to take. And for some people, they'll want to take them all. And there will be, for some individuals, a physical component where we'll do like a one-week intensive school in Dallas for people that are actually wanting the full impartation in the, in the area of working with dissociative identity disorder and related issues. So, you know, folks, we've been talking about it for a long time. I, I've said for, for years, I want to build a DID coaching school and we are doing it. We are doing it and we're doing it this year and it's going to just continue to expand and grow and eventually this may be something really, really big. We have a book I have been keeping in pre-sale called Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth. And thank you for all of you that have pre-ordered the book. I'm just floored. We've sold, pre, pre-sold over 500 copies of that book, which I'm really excited about. I'm hoping that 100,000 copies of this book sells because honestly, the prayers in this book will shake heaven and earth. That's why we called it that. I mean, they're just really, really powerful stuff. And great gift ideas for your ministry friends or family or just people that need some help in life. I, these prayers... You know, they, they have been proven and tested and tried out and experimented with. And it, the proof of concept is done, guys. They work. They work. And so we want believers to have this tool in their pocket. I am going to be getting the books within the next two weeks shipped to my house after I get that. At my house, we're going to do a massive shipping operation and we're going to get them all out to you as fast as possible hopefully we'll just have a one or two day turnaround from the time it lands on my doorstep to the time we're sending it right back through the post office to all of you that have pre-ordered so thank you for our pre-orders look forward to receiving that within the next two to three weeks and with that said i'm not going to go on anymore psych yes i am i am going to go on just a little bit more because there's one more thing i need you to know and that's that our Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth class. This is the class. Eight-week prayer class in our traditional discipleship format, meaning we all you know, gather into WebEx and hang out for eight weeks. Uh, it's going to start on March 12th, and there will be a manual associated with that class. That is now available. You can sign up. For the Prayers to Shake Heaven and Earth class at www.bridemovement.com. It's a $69.99 class. Uh, that's less than 10 bucks a, a class. It's going to last two months. It's going to be way more than your money's worth, I guarantee it. And it's on sale for $59.99 right now. So go to www.bridemovement.com and sign up for that class if you want to learn more about the power and art of prayer. Okay. Thank you guys for tuning in to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. We'll be right back with my lovely wife. Last week, I introduced you guys to my lovely, beautiful, fascinating wife, Christian. And we talked about how we met. We talked about 
how we courted, we talked about our engagement, we talked about, well, coming together and how we got married and then we had our wedding a few months later in October. And we left off with a cliffhanger because we were telling you guys, and I'll give you a brief update, that we had decided to do our wedding in Bali and it was my wife's idea. She, she has a lot of really, really good ideas. And, and Bali is a beautiful place. It just happens to be a very pagan, Hinduistic place. I mean, it's so pagan. They have their offerings to their gods out in front of every building. I was, I was, I was profoundly amused at how many offerings and sacrifices. You just walk down the street and they're there everywhere. They have altars all over the place. I mean, it's a mess. And... I didn't get it, guys, going into that situation. What it would mean for us to have our wedding ceremony in a pagan nation that we didn't live in. And I and my wife were in for a rude awakening. But before that, I just want to say, Christian, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, honey, for having me. Um, so just to give you, so I guess the first question everyone's going to ask is why would you have your wedding in Bali? And, um, I just want to say, firstly, I am a world traveler. If anybody knows me knows that I have been all over the world. I've climbed Kilimanjaro. I've been to a lot of countries in Africa. I was, I've been to India three times. I was going to consider moving there. Spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia, love Southeast Asia, um, have just really, you know, lived in Berlin, um, traveled in Europe extensively. So I have had a lot of international travel experience. I'm the kind of person that just loves to go out there and do stuff. I have my private pilot's license. I am a, you know, kind of a thrill seeker to a certain extent. And um, Daniel, you know, didn't necessarily want a large wedding, but he would acquiesce if I did. And I didn't want a large wedding because I just think that life's too short to be stressed. <laughs> so, um <laughs> I decided, I said, how about Bali? Because I had gone to Bali the year before by myself. Um, I never thought I would be married, so I was never going to wait around to go to honeymoon places until I had a guy to do it with. So I just went to Bali by myself and fell in love with it, the people. And um, I thought it was a very just beautiful place, a lot of Vista Points place to get married. And again, it did not dawn on me the kind of... Um, you know, warfare that we would elicit just on the basis of traveling because I've traveled all around the world, um, you know, since I was 20 years old. And so um, that's the background on Bali. And so we would have a small group. I have friends from all over the world. Um, there was no real neutral place to have it. And so friends, I ha had uh, got a group of friends to come from all over the world. Some of my best friends are in India and are Hindi and I have great friends from Bangladesh that came and some friends from... Um, Ireland and uh, Netherlands and the United States and just kind of all over came for this wedding. And so I had decided I picked the perfect, most amazing villa that we would rent out so it would be a private space. It was a huge property. And we only had that for two days. And so I, um, to make things easier, because there are a lot of people who had never traveled internationally, I rented a, a property, 24 um People could household 12 villas, the entire property. I rented it out, and it was very affordable with the butlers and the servants and everything. People could just come and 
you know, stay there. We had our private pool. It was like our own resort to ourselves. Um, so it was an incredible, incredible thing, very close to where the wedding venue would, would be. And so I collected everybody's money for the place, you know, was ready to submit paperwork. I kept asking them, when can I pay? When can I pay? They said, oh, we'll wait, we'll wait. Charge my credit card, you have it. Make a long story short, two weeks before we were going to leave for our wedding, the venue says we're canceling your reservation because you haven't paid for it. And I have documentation after documentation saying, hey, can you please, it's like, yes, I remember this. Can you please charge my credit card? You guys haven't paid. I have the money. Can you please charge my credit card? They would not charge the credit card. I could not get on the phone with them. I spent three days, because this is 12-hour time difference, pretty much not sleeping, trying not to go into a panic because I have to now find a place for 24 people to reside um, with low inventory. You know, Bali's not that big. And, you know, finding a place to accommodate 24 people at the same level that I had sold them on before was not very easy. And I went back and forth, back and forth, trying to get them to work with me. And they were just being completely uncooperative. The blessing is I booked it on booking.com. And so I had a lot of insurance there. And so they were trying to help me. But it was just a big, huge battle of warfare to get this done. Make a long story short, um, when we have, uh, a, I, I don't think she'll mind. We have a lot of prophetic seers around us. And Wendy's one of them. And she's just like, guys, I'm seeing a lot of warfare against your wedding. And so um, we're like, yep, yes, we're experiencing it right now. So Daniel gets up and Daniel, very quite frankly, we don't do a lot of warfare for ourselves because it's not normally necessary. But he gets up and um, we go to town on um, a particular, um, you know, situation, a, a demon that kind of rose up. And the situation broke, and we found out that we, we got a place. It was even better. We were able to accommodate everyone. It was more expensive when we got at the same price. That whole thing worked out. And then we realized, so we got, we got Wendy on the phone, and she began to just tell us the agenda. Now, you have to understand, Daniel and I, because we take things like this so seriously, had gotten up every morning at 6 o'clock. We pray in the morning. And um, we had gotten up and prayed for our wedding every single day morning mm -hmm. at six o'clock in the morning we pray for our marriage we pray for bride ministry we pray for a lot of stuff we would literally sit in our bed and pray a laundry list of things for our wedding now Wendy gets up and she tells us this is what i'm hearing the agenda is and she's praying point for point the opposite of what we were praying the truth is at the time we didn't have the revelation of putting smoke screens up in the spirit against our prayers and so now i go back and i realize that the enemy was just taking notes and literally trying to do the opposite. And what he had done on that property was defiled the property where we were going to stay, the 12 villas, with blood sacrifices, with bone magic and rituals, and completely littered and defiled the property that we were going to stay on. So it was actually a good thing that the property manager was so uncooperative and we had to find another venue because the property had been so defiled in the spirit to cause all kinds of airborne illnesses, um, you know, contamination to the food. This is all stuff we had prayed against. Um, the staff turned against, trying to start to turn the staff against us and just general malaise, disunity, just fracturing our party. That was what they had planned for us on that venue. And it was just actually a miracle that we had gotten on that venue. So we got out of that venue. And then Daniel goes to town and he's praying in the spirit and 
I, and he's praying and he's doing his warfare thing. And I'm literally just speaking in tongues, sitting right next to him. And I see that. And I look at Daniel and I said, and he, he's beginning to attack. He's starting to attack. And I said, Daniel, they're scared. And in my spirit, and I, I, I was speaking in tongues, but in my spirit, I was saying, you haven't heard about us? Because they had, <laughs> it was so clear to me. And I wasn't being arrogant. I was actually being sincere. Like, oh, you didn't know? You didn't know this is what happens when you attack us? You didn't know this is like the response? Because it was clear to me that these were gods with lower G who had never seen the manifested sons of God rise up. They were used to acting with impunity. They had no idea the consequences of attacks and warfare against humanity that Daniel and I were about to unleash on them. <laughs> they had not experienced that before. They could not have anticipated they were about to lose as much as they were going to lose by just attacking our event. And Daniel went after their thrones and sacked their realms and destroyed their pillars. I mean, it was a brutal bloodbath. And the more I said, they're panicking, they're panicking, they're panicking. The more he went in, the more he went into this thing, to the point they were so busy trying to keep their own um, kingdoms, trying to get their own kingdoms back into array, that they weren't even concentrating on us. They were in chaos. So I said, oh my gosh, that's what's like to have dragon for breakfast. <laughs> it was awesome. So we went to sleep. Oh my. And woke up and we did the same thing again. Come on. Based on the last attack, we said, oh, you're still recovering from yesterday? We have another beating for you. And we called them back up and they just got their heads bashed in again. And it was so clear to me that they were about to see a demonstration of the living God that they have never seen before. They're used to picking on humans. They're used to seeing weak Christians. They never had experience before in their lives and God was trying to show them something. And so at that point, I was going to Houston. Daniel, did you want to interrupt? Because now I'm going to get to the rock uh, situation. I mean, folks, can you see why I love her? <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I mean, come on now. You, you, you got to ask God for a gift like this. And so... I mean, this is true, though. We did. We went in. And, and of course, I go bowling for demons. And I, I, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll hit a strike, knock them all out in Jesus' name. Uh, the Bible says the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You know, just to give a little bit of context, when she mentioned Wendy, Wendy's been on the podcast before. Uh, we did a program called Navigating the Spirit Realm with Wendy. And Wendy is a profound seer. And I... Um, I really respect her gift, and it definitely helped us a lot in the season. And so I honor her for that. And as we were uh, going through all of this stuff, a lot of the things that Christian's mentioning were being discerned in the spirit. We're actually seeing it in the spirit realm, not necessarily that we have someone boots on the ground with a video camera taking pictures of people doing bone magic on the property, but it's being spiritually discerned and coming back in, in what you could call visions and spiritual sight and so forth, revelation. And specifically when Christian talked about when I went into prayer and she was seeing what happened to the kingdom of darkness, her spiritual senses were being engaged and she was seeing in the spirit. 
And it was very clear to her the way it opened up that day, um, just how much demonstration of power was taking place. And so that's all I wanted to say. Go ahead and talk about The Rock. So the next day, so we, we you know, so we sp- finally settled the, where these 24 guests were going to stay. And, uh, and so now we're like a week before the wedding and I go to Houston to get my dress, uh, my final fitting for my, for my wedding dress that I, that I'd gotten there. And, um, we wake up and that was the next morning we woke up and we hit them again. And I'm just like, Woo-hoo! let's do it. You know? And they were back in tatters, you know, and they're trying to figure out how to relaunch the strategy. What you have to understand about the kingdom of darkness is they really, um, are sore losers and they are relentless. And um, you, you, they are going to try to find a way to weasel themselves back in. And we've seen that time and time again, unless you actively enforce the judgment that God has given you, that you are more than a conqueror through him that loves you. And so when you don't reinforce the judgment, um, they just, they continue, they continue their uh, shenanigans. And so I'm on my way to, to Houston and I'm in this just glorious state. So I'm praising God and worshiping in the car. It's a great thing to do in a car. And this huge rock hits my car and splits my windshield. Daniel tries to give these guys a warning and say, a heads up and say, we'll start none, won't be none. We're just coming for fun. Leave us alone. We'll leave you alone. And they didn't want to take that. They, they, they decided they were going to launch an attack. And so the, all these gods got together and they were really trying to give us a run for our money. So anyway, so I'm on my way to Houston. Huge rock hits my car. I'm still in the place of peace. I said, huh, that's interesting. I called Daniel and said, hey, a rock hit my car. We're going to have to call a safe light or someplace and get it replaced. He said, okay, you know, kept going on my way. On my way home, another huge rock hits my car. Boom. And at that time, I was talking to Wendy. And I said, okay, this isn't a coincidence. I've never had a rock hit my car to split my windshield open. I definitely didn't, never had two rocks hit my car on the same trip. So she says, let me pray into it. She says, no, it's not. I said, maybe some local coven or something trying to throw some stuff at me, trying to get me off kilter. She said, no, it's not a local coven. She says, she's looking in the spirit and she says, I don't even know if this makes sense because she's never been to Bali. She said, there's a rock God in a volcano in Bali who just threw his hurling rocks in the spirit at your car. And that's a physical manifestation of that attack. They are trying to find a new way in because their last plans have failed and have been destroyed essentially. And they're essentially trying to find a new way in to attack you guys. So I said, huh, you wanna throw rocks at cars? All right, I'm gonna show you, right? And so instead of getting, and so I was like, God, you know, we, we have enough expenses as it is. It's really not okay for them to kind of just throw rocks at our car and make us spend $300 to fix it, right? I'm like, we're protected. We have our mandates for Bali. We know our authority. This kind of isn't cool. And you know what God said to me? He said, stop. He said, stop. He said, you are being used. You're in the middle of something. I am demonstrating to the powers in Bali what manifested sons and daughters of God look like. I am demonstrating my power to them. That's what this is. Don't worry about your car. And I said, Father God, if you want to use us, you can use us. We're here. Let's go for it. Let's suit up. We're putting on our armor. Let's go. Do you know within 24 hours, unexpectedly, Dan and I got $1,000, three times the amount, over three times the amount, about four times the amount it took us to fix our car. 
with literally within that 24 hour period. And I come home and I'm like, Daniel, I'm souped up coming home from Houston. Let's beat these guys up. They throw rocks at my car. He goes, Lord of Jesus, Lord of Jesus. He just got finished a day <laughs> of coaching. And Daniel, the last thing Daniel wants to do after five coaching sessions is pray. Blood of Jesus over the car. Blood of Jesus. I'm like, Daniel, <laughs> I'm your wife. Let's beat him up. Okay, honey. Blood of Jesus, living water. And I'm like, Daniel, this is a wet noodle prayer. So <laughs> do you want to no, defend yourself when you have nothing to say? I have literally nothing to say. Folks, okay, let me just let, let me just give some excuses that will probably fall on deaf ears. I am tired. I'm tired. It's, I, as a matter of fact, I was talking to someone today and I, I was like, yeah, you know, the other day I was doing nine hours of coaching and they looked at me sideways and they said, how is that even possible? How can you do that? I said, I have lots of grace. The truth is that at the end of the day, I am white sometimes. It costs me a huge price. To, to help people the way I help them and the, 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 the kind of cases that God sends my way, the level of you know difficulty that some of the you know the spiritual warfare presents, it's a huge toll. And so she comes in, she's like, hey, we need to pray about this heavy thing. I'm like, blood of Jesus, you know? And it, it of course it's not doing anything. So the story's not over, though. I do have redemption yeah. waiting me. There's redemption. Yes. So the thing about Daniel, and this is something that I think is just, it's incredibly remarkable because both um, folks who walk closely with Daniel will say this, that he is um, one of the few people who is actively walking and living out his calling, living out his scroll. He is what it means to live out his scroll. And quite frankly, for me, it's very inspiring. And... Um, one of his clients said something that I thought was really profound, and I know she wouldn't mind me sharing this, and that she says, when I look at Daniel, because sometimes she stays at her house, and she says, um, when I look at Daniel, I see God's kingdom economy and the wisdom of God's kingdom economy because Daniel literally gives absolutely every drop, at the, and by the end of the day, he has literally nothing left, but the God's grace and his kingdom economy, economy is such that by the morning, it is refilled again. And he is able, he's refreshed and able to go back at, at it as if he did not give his last draw the day before. And so that's, it's really um, inspiring to watch him do it because he'll drain himself completely and the next morning completely refilled up. And I think that's the way uh, we were always designed to operate. And so I said it to say the next morning, 6 a.m., he's like, let's go at it. And he begins to, we begin to go back at it and attack. Now, remember, this is day three. And um, he just goes for it. And I'm about to leave for Bali within two days, okay? Because remember, this is the week of the wedding. And I, I scheduled to be there a week before so I can taste all the food and make sure all the venue's right and make sure everything's great and then hang out with some girlfriends of mine and just kind of do like a pre-trip before everyone gets there. And so um, I'm there. And so before we leave, we're going at it. This is on a Thursday now, right? And we go out, and Daniel just literally takes him down in the spirit. Friday, I'm leaving in the morning. I land in Bali. Now, I'm on high alert because I'm in this place by myself and uh, for a week. 
and I don't know what kind of defilement they have, but I feel this absolute protection. Because when he prayed that time, when we began to pray that time, I felt this huge army come alongside us. Like, I mean, excessive amounts of power and force. And I knew at that moment when we step into Bali, it is going to be a display of kingdom government, of kingdom power, of kingdom authority that they have never seen before. And then we realized that this whole Bali thing was not just about being married and being in love and being happy and celebrating. It was about a demonstration uh, and seeding into that ground what God wanted to do, the redemption that God wanted to have. And that redemption was required for us to pray for because we were being attacked and we could not let our guests be in harm's way. We could not let people die, limbs be taken off and disunity and wasted money and flights and all this stuff. We had to keep this together. And so as a result, we had to assert what God actually wanted for those people and for that um, and for that island. And I just need to jump in here, sweetie, because you are just uh, really bringing up a point that I think, you know, just to get away from our story, folks, some of you have been drawn into a place of very, very deep warfare. And what you don't realize is that there's a play that God has in some cases where he'll allow the enemy to draw a believer into a place of deep warfare to make a point and to establish something that goes far beyond that individual's life. And you may be in that situation right now yourself and all you have discerned is that you're in a heated battle and you're not happy about it. I want to invite you to consider a larger picture just like we had to consider a bigger picture because it was a bigger picture and that's it go ahead you're, you're doing such a good job i love it thank you honey i'm on the edge so, of my seat i want to know what happens oh it's good <laughs> so <laughs> you should have been there um <laughs> yeah you know it, we, we 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 realized we had kingdom resources and it wasn't just because we had mandates tied to this but because there was something god wanted to do with the people there's redemption god had for it and um and also, I think that the uh, the powers of darkness over there was due for a licking, and we were the um, we were ready to serve them up and give them the licking that they had that they deserved for deceiving people, for raping people, for you know pillaging the land, for in um, enslaving people's parts, and all of the the nonsense that they had in that in that area. They had not been um, called to account for it, and because on the account of our um, the injustices against us in our wedding party, we were able to launch a attack against them. And so it was wonderful. So, so I went to, um, to to Bali alone by myself and with this huge army of angelic hosts around me. It was incredible. We had angels on the bags. We had angels on every single piece of the wedding. And it was, it was wonderful. I get there and then I start getting calls. There's a volcano going off in Bali. It's all over CNN. <laughs> People don't even know what Bali is. And on the day before, now this, so this is a Friday, Friday, Saturday, I land. People are due to come in that Monday. So there's, there, so I, so I land, so I'm sorry, I'm messing up the timeline a little bit. I land, this is going off. People are going to be leaving in a few days by that Friday, leaving. And then because of the time change, it takes about 24 to 36 hours to get there. They will, you know, be arriving that Monday. And so right before people are about to board their planes, a day or two before, all panic breaks loose. And this is all on CNN that this volcano is imminent and it's about to blow right now. 
when you and I'm talking to when I talk to my friends, I'm like, oh no, Daniel and I are in uh, in a uh, battle with a rock god. Don't worry about it; it'll be fine. How do you say that to people? <laughs> how do you? How do you? And I go look at the seismic record because I'm a I'm a very um, you know inquisitive person, and I look and I see the exact timing that this volcano goes off. It goes off on a Friday morning. And we're praying on Thursday or Friday goes off. We're praying 12 hours behind that time on a Thursday. And right after that, right after we attack that rock god, this volcano gets angry and starts to go off and threatens to burst during our wedding. And it was a complete scare tactic because the wedding was far enough away from our venue that it wouldn't actually harm our venue, but it would obstruct traffic from coming in and out of the um, uh, area. And so they were trying to scare our guests and essentially um, just create a damper over the auspice of our wedding. And uh, I'm traveling and I'm doing this whole thing and we have a prayer team assembled because we realized that they were not playing and they needed to realize neither were we. So we got a prayer team together that every day at 6 a.m. our time during our wedding, including on the day of our wedding, we woke up at 6 a.m. and prayed and we had a team corresponding in the United States praying at 6 p.m., which is exactly the same time. We would get on the phone on a WebEx, and a group of us would pray, pray down, um, you know, pray the point. We had a, a bunch of prayer points we wanted to pray, pray down that volcano, stare it down. And um, Daniel, the first day we found out about the volcano, Daniel had a brilliant idea. <laughs> okay, now let me just explain this because th- this is too <laughs> profound to. I mean, it needs to be said. This is wild. So th- th- we find out the volcano's about to go off. Now, Christian had left for Bali before I did. Uh, she was going to be there a few days before I would arrive. And then I was there a couple days before all of our guests were arriving that Monday. So in that interim, I had this great idea. I'm like, okay, well, if the volcano's trying to go off, let's put a cork in the top of it and stuff it up. So I spoke, angels, put a cork in the top of the volcano in the spirit and stop it from erupting. But then, Daniel, then you get on a plane and you're on your way to Bali and there's no way we can reach you. So I, we got a headquarters of people praying in the United States. I'm in Bali. Daniel puts a cork in the spirit on the volcano and then gets on a plane. We go to pray the next day. And the pressure was increasing inside the volcano. And we all say, I think this is because of the cork Daniel decided to put on the volcano. So we asked Jesus, should we take the cork off the volcano? And Jesus says, yes. And we just all look and laugh and say, well, at least his prayers are so powerful, we have to undo them because of their unintended effects. So we take the cork off the volcano and the pressure starts to subside a bit. But it's still threatening to go off. I'm telling you, folks. Uh, Do you want to add anything until I get to the, to no, the next part? No, no. That's it. Go so for I'm it. So I'm getting all these. Now, you have to understand, I'm going to fight with these guys. I mean, we are fighting with the rock gods in the volcano. We are fighting with these principalities. Do you know how irritating it is to get calls from your relatives who are supposed to be on a pain panicking? And saying, oh my gosh, this is going off. It's like, don't give them as this much energy. You know, it's going to be fine. 
and there are a lot of people that were not Christian on the trip, and so I couldn't necessarily say we're in a we're you know we're in a fight with this volcano. Don't worry about it. We got it. We're, we've got angels stationed at the base. I can't say that. So I'm just saying it's going to be fine. We're going to be okay. Um, and so almost every single person still makes the trip, um, even though the scare attack is going on. They get on the plane, even though uh, it's all over CNN. I, you probably remember this in October. Bali uh, eruption imminent all over CNN. As soon as people started landing on that money, it, Monday, it completely goes off CNN. And nobody's talking about a volcano. No one's talking about the volcano. As a matter of fact, the seismic activity just dampers right down. <laughs> it's it's like normal. Like, oh, whoever said anything about a volcano? Everything's fine. It was the weirdest thing. And this is where you realize, folks, you can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. And so we started joking about it. We're like, yeah. We stood down the volcano in Jesus' name. and <laughs> It was powerful. It, it, it's part of the story. It's a part of the story. And God actually said that. This will be a part of our story that we're going to tell our grandchildren. He said not to worry about it, and it's going to be a part of the story. And there was a lot of uh, spiritual things in terms of how we prayed, why we prayed the way we did, that happened. Um, we're, we're going over the story, but the point is we were victorious over this volcano. We took authority and um and said that you will not and you know i was you know i'm gonna be honest when i got really upset was when i the idea that there were you know people who are not really well off poor people at the base of this volcano who could lose their cows and could lose their huts and could lose their livelihood on the back of you wanting to be upset with us you're not going to involve other innocent humanity in this fight between us so, so that's so. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, no. It, it, I mean, that's the story. Right? We got the volcano, and after that, things are very smooth. I mean, we had a activity week leading up to our wedding, and it was a lot of fun, a lot of joy, a lot of happiness. Our guests all got along, and then we arrived at the day of our wedding. It was beautiful, um, picture perfect, truly. And God just just blessed. And there we were sitting at our table during the dinner time, and these clouds started to gather. So we prayed, and the clouds got pushed back for a couple hours. And it, it, while it did rain at the very end after we had already done some dancing, I mean, it was just a phenomenal time that we had at our wedding and our guests were very happy and it was just a really really wonderful event there was and what people did know was how much prayer everyone remarked this was so wonderful the community was so great they loved meeting each other interacting with each other it was so much peace over the event and Danny and I were like you have no idea how hmm. much warfare it took to pull this off and by the time it rained, we had pretty much gone through our entire wedding, and we just looked and we said, "Nobody died. <laughs> no one broke a leg. We got, we did this whole thing. God is so good." You know, the little bit of rain we had at the end was paled in comparison to the victory that God was able to author through His grace and through the armies of heaven that were on guard the entire time. Um, it was a flood of an angelic activity um, during that time, and. 
I mean, they had planned everything from trying to interface uh, a counterfeit ceremony in another round that they would try to later interface with our wedding. They had tried to do everything, poison our food, which um, some of that did go through. I mean, they tried everything they could to make this event horrible for us. And um, God's grace was just over it. And they got embarrassed. Hmm. And we later found out just how embarrassed they got. But they were very embarrassed by not being able to pull off this extravagant plan and by uh, losing a lot of ground and territory, not just with us, but in Bali. We believe there was a seeding of kingdom um, of kingdom agenda in that area as a result of our being there that week that is going to reap a harvest for that region. I believe that that region will always have a place in our heart, not just for receiving us, um, but um, for the intercession and prayer and repentance we had to do on behalf of that land. And I think that that's going to reap a harvest in the future. So, I, and, and I completely agree. I completely agree. But that's not the end of the story, guys. That was the wedding. Now we get to the honeymoon. Ooh la la. And we went to a beautiful place called Maldives. I didn't even know that it existed. Uh, praise God for Christian who did. And again, we, we went to this paradise in the middle of a Muslim country. Gorgeous. Uh, oceans were just blue as you can imagine. It looked like a painting uh, where we were. And I'm thinking, of course, yeah, another part of the world. You know, don't, don't, don't say nothing, won't be nothing. You guys just leave us alone, we'll leave you alone. I don't even know who lives here, who cares. Let's just all be friends. I'm on my honeymoon. Let's hang out, have a good time, and whatever. That's not how it works. So we get to Maldives, and of course we're having a good time, but the attack still comes. And the next thing I know, my bride is getting these bumps on her skin out of nowhere. And it's like, what are those doing there? And of course, I, I was just in so much bliss. I, I, I wanted to pretend. I really, really wanted to pretend that this was just something in the natural. It was just a happenstance. Let's just go to the little medic, get a little cream, knock it out. It'll be fine. Blood of Jesus. I, I, he was like, oh, just blood of Jesus. <laughs> so blood sorry. Blood of Jesus is a powerful guy. Blood of Jesus is very powerful. But sometimes, let me say a little more than that. Yeah, so it's true, and and so she got the cream, but the, the stuff started continue to get worse. And the next thing I know, I suddenly get these odd welts on my skin. And teeth marks in them. They had like indention of teeth marks, huge ones. Yeah. It was so bizarre. So when that when that happened, and I see that we're both beginning to get some kind of. Stuff that, I mean, I just can't explain it. It's like, okay, it's time to pray. And we go in again. And <laughs> I remember I really went in on that area one morning because I woke up and it was just like my spirit man was up fully and I was like just woke up wide awake and I was like, good morning, Jesus. Good morning, angels. <laughs> and then I just jumped into this massive attack on the kingdom of darkness in the Maldives. 
And I went after their realms. I went after the undersea bases. I went after the sky. I went after the inner earth. I went after uh, every kind of evil and storehouse of darkness and this, that, and the other thing. Anything I could think of. I mean, it was all getting hammered and nailed and blown up and exploded and this and that. And I just went on and on and on and on. (laughs) You know, but the interesting thing was our skin cleared up. Yours began to shrink, literally. What happened with me, they, they came in two ways of attack. But Daniel's literally began to shrink up within five minutes after the prayer. And um, mine had gone on for so long, but it was like little bumps all over my entire legs. Now imagine in a swimsuit and trying to be nice for your wedding. But again, I had to stay in a place of peace. And I said, you're not going to. And I just laughed it off. Like, you're not going to get me to pay attention to you. We are going to have a good time. We're going kayaking. We're going snorkeling. We're, you know, going to hang out by the pool. We're going to do everything we would have done. We had a water villa that was right on the water. I'm like, we're going to do everything we would have done. You are not going to have me sitting here scratching my legs for three days while I'm in the Maldives. We're moving on. And we'll deal with it, and then we're moving on. And it's, he's right. It just began to shrink up. But I'm going to tell you the most powerful thing about that is we don't ever get attacked in the spirit without it costing the enemy something. Not only did we go after the underwater bases, but Daniel put a kingdom outpost in the Maldives now. So if you go to Maldives, underneath those coral reefs, there is a kingdom outpost that has um, been won as a result of the battle that we had to fight um, as a retaliation against the enemy. Because what they did in terms of touching our physical flesh was a complete violation. There was no accusation they could have launched. It was just a complete illegal brazen attack that we were not going to stand for. And that's another thing that I want to encourage you guys that are listening with. You know, there are legal attacks of the enemy. And when those come in, usually there's some kind of repentance or renunciation required in order to break the attack and cancel it out. There are such a thing as illegal attacks where the enemy just attacks to see what he could get away with. And he's going to get away with it unless a believer calls him on it and then punishes the effort. And there are both types of attacks. And so I want to also point out a story in the Bible, you know, that serves as a principle. When Egypt enslaved the children of Israel for 400 years and Moses came and delivered them, they left with the wealth of Egypt. They, they took it. They plundered Egypt on the way out. And this is what the children of God need to understand is that we don't just get free from the devil and his attacks. But in the course of spiritual warfare, part of our inheritance in Christ is the plunder that we take from the enemy as we are exiting his throes and his nonsense. And I say believers should be plunder minded. Every attack that I receive in my life or um, against our ministry, I see as an opportunity to plunder the enemy and take from him more than he even attempted to attack. Much more, in fact. And I know that one of my modus operandi is it's going to cost you so much to attack me or my loved ones that if you try, you will be crying about it for a very long time. 
And I encourage believers to think the same way. Make the devil pay big time for every little incident that they bring to your door that is just illegitimate attack or nuisance or hindrance. You need to know that you can make the devil pay. And uh, we certainly did. We took every opportunity to ransack the kingdom of darkness and to plunder them and to punish and to execute judgment and, and you know, ramp it up to the maximum allowable by heavenly law. <laughs> and we did leave a kingdom outpost in the spirit in the realm of the Maldives. And that may serve a purpose in the future. I know that the kingdom outpost we left in the... Orion system has served several purposes, uh, and we talked about that on my podcast with Casey. And you know, folks, I'll tell you this—it's it, just walking out citizenship in God's kingdom as as an ambassador in the earth has profound implications, and we need to wake up to them. But with that spiel. What else do you want people to know about our marriage and honeymoon, sweetie? That's it. But I think I'm going to um, try to circle this up with, uh, with a few things. One is, um, and this story has been <clears throat> told by Daniel, but so we had a wonderful time, came back, and we're just excited. It, it didn't feel at all like the um, deflating time. It's like now we get to live life together, right? Because... Um, the real joy is being married to Daniel every day and just, you know, we can get married every year. I'd love to marry this guy over and over again. Oh, so it was sweetie, just, uh, you're so nice. Yeah, thank you, honey. So um, that was the real, the real joy. And so as soon as we got back, we started praying for the city of Dallas. And so I just want to say this one particular story because it, it just rounds this whole thing out to just show you how the kingdom of darkness works. So instead of using that time to pray for our, our wedding, we actually, God started mandating that we pray for the city of Dallas and take it over in the spirit. And, you know, we do um, monthly meetings now in person on that, but also every morning at 630, we get on the, uh, on the phone with us and a few other folks, key folks, and we just pray for the city of Dallas. And um, one morning we're praying for the city of Dallas and we're doing our thing and this prayer is completely spirit led. God tells us to do this first and then do that. And then someone says, I believe God's saying move here. And we just write it down. And over the course of the last five months, we have now a five-page prayer as a result of just the leading of the Lord about how to do this. But um, one day, we uh, were on the phone, and um, Wendy again goes, uh, "We, I see that around the uh, the borders of the city, there is the dark powers from inside of Dallas." are calling for principalities and reinforcement and help because of the prayers that are praying are so devastating to their kingdoms and agendas that they're calling forward for reinforcements from the outside. And guess who those reinforcements are? The gods from Bali and the gods from the Maldives. And the gods from Bali was a legalist. And I'm not going to tell you his name, but we knew his name. And he was literally a legalist. He was outside the boundaries of the city. And his sole purpose sitting outside was trying to scour the legal records to find a legal case to enter into the city past the boundaries that we had set. 
And his primary reason for doing so, because he was embarrassed by what we had done in Bali, and he was trying to gain some ground, because the attacks that he had planned did not go off. And he lost a lot of ground, and he was trying to make it back by coming into our city and trying to wreak havoc in our city. This is our 6.30 in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) This is what we do at 6.30 in the morning. And the Maldives were water spirits, water gods. And so they were trying to essentially work with, and this is right after Hurricane Harvey, guys. So they were trying to work with the water spirits in the area to kick up stuff on the Gulf to cause another wave of devastation that will completely devastate the Gulf course in that area. And you have to understand, Danny and I just thought we were praying for Dallas. We thought our mandate was that, and they come to find out our the mandate was, was expanding a bit, but that's another story. And so we're like, huh, how do we deal with this? And so we say, okay, well, blood of Jesus, you know, you, you can't come in. It, it didn't really work. Um, so I said, how about we repent? Oh, Daniel, do you remember what we... The first thing that happened was I tried to go after it with my realm. Oh, Daniel does this huge. Okay, go. Yeah, perfect. And again, I've only really broken this down in a course that we taught on advanced spiritual warfare. And I went about three hours on the subject of realms and what this is and what it means. But there is a way to use something that is a part of a believer's inheritance in Christ called a realm. I, I do believe I've described it on this podcast before as a ring of light. It first showed up in the natural when I was in Australia. It actually showed up as like a halo over the entire city of Port Macquarie and was witnessed by myself and four other people with our physical eyes. And we've used it in spirit many times and it works uh, to to reposition a, a battlefield under a different government, I'll, I'll put it on top of a battlefield or on top of a warfare situation. I'll charge it with the names of God, which are all these different derivations of Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shammah, on and on. And I'll go through it. And then with the realm, I'll begin to do warfare and I'll speak things into it, move things around in it, and shake things up. And it's extremely powerful. I love to do warfare in this way and many times when there's massive stuff that needs to be knocked out i'll just put the realm on top of it i'll charge it and then i'll do some warfare and speak some you know weapons of warfare into it and just you know blow it up well in this case i went in and i did some of that and then i stopped and uh our our, our seer was like well that did just about nothing and so now we're running into legalities and you can't just and this is one of the things that we've learned right in the spirit realm you can't just do whatever you want or say whatever you want or create whatever you want you're always working with mechanics and divine order because even god plays by his own rules he has mechanics he has an order he has laws and he is 100 percent perfectly righteous all the time so anything that he backs that we pray or do must be within the realm of righteousness or right standing with the legalities that are present and so sometimes when you're confronting some kind of massive spirit or you want to just liberate a bunch of people from some kind of conflict zone in the spirit realm you have to navigate the legalities with the language that you use and the strategies that you deploy you can't just you know just do a rock'em sock'em bust them up prayer every time and think it's going to work 100 percent 
And so in this case, it didn't. It didn't work at all. It was relatively ineffective. And so then we moved to the next set of strategies. So go ahead, Christian. Yeah, and it was funny because Daniel just goes in and he's saying this and he's tearing apart this and he's doing this. And it's like, yeah, that didn't work. So (laughs) he's just kind of... So then I said, what if we go into some repentance and repent for all the idol worship? And the part of the reason why it didn't work is because there was too much human agreement around his, um, the certain God's idol worship. And it was too much lifting him up in the spirit. So we said, what if we go after and repent for all the idol worship, right? And just go after some repentance. So... We said, okay, maybe that's a good idea. Let's give it a try. So I try that, and I go after some repentance and blah, 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 blah. What's going on, Seer? Yeah, he's a little nervous. He's still there. So then Daniel goes, I got this. Got a revelation. Got a revelation. Daniel, do you want to talk about your revelation, honey? So then it dawns on me that I am going to use something called the Cosmic Records, which I believe aligns with a phrase in the Bible known as the Books of Remembrance. There is a detail in heaven that keeps record of everything that has ever happened. And they keep these records. And it, it doesn't just it isn't just limited to this earth timeline that these records exist on, but the records will detail offenses committed, wrongs that have been done, sins and crimes, all these kinds of things, not only pertaining to men, but pertaining to the spirits, the principalities, the powers of the heavens. And so I said, he's pulling on all of this human agreement, but I'll bet if we pull the records, the records will show just how much of that agreement was obtained under duress or through agreements that were fraudulent and based upon lies and promises that went unfulfilled to former generations in order to enslave their offspring. And plundering and torment of humanity. And so if we pull the records and judge him based on the actual records of the wrongs he has committed against humanity, that should be able to override the agreement he's pulling from human domain. Lo and behold, the angels came in with the records. The records were read. And that was all she wrote. Can I tell you what happened next? Please. But this is what really happened. I forgot. I was going to back up. When the seer said that he was here, Daniel said, oh, really? Who's on the throne now? (laughs) Who's on the throne? Well, his spiritual wife. Huh. That made him nervous. Because leaving your throne to come deal in a city battle create some vulnerabilities. So as a result, when Daniel came to this point and he read the cosmic records and the judgment was about to go down and he could face judgment as a result of that, we said to the seer, what's happening now? And the seer says, so he's gone. (laughs) He got back on his throne. He got really nervous when Daniel started pointing out to the fact that he wasn't on it. And he's just requesting that if you just um, leave him alone, he won't come back. (laughs) Dan and I looked at each other and laughed and said, yeah, we'll think about it. (laughs) (laughs) 
is why we're a pair. This is this is this is exactly why. So so God told me, Daniel, your job is to bully the devil. And so you know, I obey, um, and we obey, right? I'm not doing this alone, and this is what happens. I mean, the warfare is ramped up to the point where you know these territorial spirits are actually pulling on other territorial spirits from other areas in the world to try to get reinforcements because they're shaking in their boots over our prayers like that that's a big deal and and that actually puts some context on what we were running into when we first moved to dallas and why we go to court of heaven and we find out that satan is messing with my wife's transmission in her car to mess it up it's like what do you care about a transmission for? And so, but it's all about context. And we're beginning to see that be fleshed out. And we are definitely going after Dallas. We had our first prayer meeting this past month in, in, in January. We'll be doing it again in February and every month through the year, monthly meetings. And it's just been very, very powerful. And there are other testimonies. I'm not going to get into all of the wild stories with that. But, ah. <sighs> This has been one wild ride, hasn't it, Christian? It has. So then we had to deal with the Maldives gods, with the little Gs, and they were again the water spirits that were trying to kick up some weather systems and teaching the folks and teaching the um, dark powers in this area how to do that. And uh, we finally got the memo, so we, you know, we prayed the man in the same way, and um, it didn't work so well. Because that particular God said, we don't get our authority from human agreement on earth. We get our authority from Orion. <laughs> because the name of that entity was no Ryan, like in with the Orion. And so they said, we don't get our agreement on earth. So that cosmic record saying, yeah, it doesn't work so well. So Daniel says, honey, what do you say? Well, because we had already established a kingdom outpost in Orion. Which Casey talked about. And of course, armies had come from there to do battle on her behalf. So I just said, hey, guys, come on, let's sweep up the garbage. And so the armies came in and the seers saw like a fist come out of the sea and grab that Norian guy and just slam him on the ground a bunch of times, knock him silly. And he just got taken out of the way. It was really funny. It, it was it was so funny the way it was described. We were laughing at his misfortune in the spirit. Um, I, I, you know, guys, I, I, and, I, and I'll tell you, the, the spirit realm gets really, really funny at times. It, it and, and those of you that have followed this podcast have heard enough stories to know that, you know, at this point, we're, we're just not making this stuff up. Too many stories, too many testimonies, too many breakthroughs. Just the other day, I was talking to an angel and I, I, I charged his realm. I'll explain that some other time. But after that, I said, hey, would you please deal with this demonic jerk that's harassing this person and he said you know would love to sir thank you sir and he just went in and took the guy's head and smashed it on the ground knocked him loopy and then the other angels just <laughs> grabbed him in that state of total deliriousness because it got face smashed in by an angel and took him out you know deliverance amen hallelujah breakthrough so yeah nor ryan guy got slammed on the ground a bunch of times we we're just laughing it's funny it's funny <laughs> when you think about it so, with that said, folks, 
that's the story of our wedding, our honeymoon. Christian, you have so much wisdom from your background on wealth, on finance, on subjects pertaining to business. And before we end this podcast, I I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about some of your vast wisdom in these subjects. Because otherwise, I think we would just need a third podcast together. Or do we need okay. a third podcast? Um, I'll, I'll start with a little bit, and then we can always follow up if the audience actually likes what they hear. <laughs> we'll do a little bit. So to start it off, one thing I want to say is that um, I... As, you know, even when I was uh, still dating Dan, the Lord was really working with me and giving me a clearer picture about how the natural um, world that I, you know, have a decent level of proficiency in mirrors with the spiritual world. And I want to talk about this revelation because I think it'd be helpful for people. Um, when I was still in Jersey, just to back up uh, New York, and um, I was in my prayer time in the morning. I had a really keen sense of awareness that there was a mining operation happening inside of my realm and um, inside of me. And I could almost like hear it, almost like, uh, and, and see like the oil drill just going in and out, just going in and out, taking stuff in and out. And I asked the Holy Spirit, what is this? What's going on? And the Holy Spirit, Spirit revealed to me that there was a mining operation that was going on inside of my realm in which my inheritance and the things that God had put in me to actually um, be utilized for the kingdom was being siphoned out and taken and used for uh, other purposes, obviously dark purposes. And I said, God, well, I don't want that. How do I actually deal with this? What's going on here? And God said to me that the reason that this was happening, because there still was my internal agreement. You have to understand, throughout this process of courtship with Dan Duvall, I was having to die to self, meaning I was having to kill on the altar and sacrifice on the altar an idea of how my life would go. Okay, because when you go to, um, you know, Harvard Business School, you are programmed with a lot of expectations about what you... Uh, should do and can do, you can do anything, you guys are elite, you know, all this stuff, you're going to be running companies, you're going to be running the world. And so as a result, there's a there's a frame and picture in mind that's built up about your life and what you're going to do. And um, because you know nothing is without sacrifice, there's a lot of things that you have to give to that. And so I knew that my journey with Dan would be something very different. And so I was slowly eking away and chipping away at my own um, ideas about my life and sacrificing them over so that I could take on the vision of what God has for me. Okay. And so what, but I, so it had gotten pretty far, but God was showing me that there was still, um, some agreement that I had. There was still a part of me that still wanted that life 
the, the, the New York life, the, the you know, executive life, the, the money, the cars, the travel, the whatever. And um, I'm not a materialistic person at all, um, but it's still a prestige around my degrees and of that whole career thing that was still there. And so what was happening was mechanically in the spirit, I was trading my inheritance. I was trading my value to say, you pay me high six figures a year and I'll come to work for your company and you can have my talent, my value, the things that God has given me. And this is how it manifested. The bosses that I had, particularly my last job, said, you should be running a company. You're the best I've ever seen at X, Y, and Z. People are like, why are you here? But still, I wouldn't get the promotion. I wouldn't get what was due to me. I was doing the work of four people, but it still didn't matter. Because in, in, in the natural, it manifests as opportunities that you are not actually getting your just due for. In the natural, it looks like you're not getting the raise the promotion what you should be getting, even though you are adding more value than two people could add. Even though you're solving, I solved problems that nobody could solve, literally at that company, that the executive VP said could not be solved. I'm coming in with no retail experience, no supply chain experience, built two international supply chains that people literally said could not be done. But it was, I was being mined because I had an agreement. I want the security of what the six-figure job would give me. I want the security and the prestige of this. And as a result, I was making a trade in the spirit that allowed them to take from me those things. And um, so I went through it a prayer. I borrowed some language from um, some of the prayers on Dan's website. And I just went through a prayer of renunciation, repentance, and closing up those holes and um, calling back all that stuff that the enemy had taken from me and calling it back and bringing a sense of wholeness. And I'm telling you, this whole thing took inside and out of 20 minutes. And I felt a tremendous, and this is, this is what Dan says, how do you know that that was real, right? I mean, I could have just made that up or, you know, out of my imagination. Um, well, God never ba- heals based on a lie. And after I prayed that, I felt, I felt such a tremendous, um, profound sense of peace inside internally, as if the operations had stopped, that it was, it was incredible. Along that journey, a few weeks later or during that same period, the Lord, I was in worship and praise in my own apartment. Again, this is before I was married. And um, the Lord said, you have to renounce counterfeit callings and, count- and give back counterfeit inheritances. So you have to understand, I was a gifted child growing up. And everybody had an idea of how my life should go. Straight A student, gifted, talented started a nonprofit, did this, pilot's license, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be the next Oprah. I'm going to be the next such and such. I'm going to be the next, whatever name you can put to it, I have been giving those expectations. And the expectations were not always bad. It's not that they're not good. It's that they're not God. And so I had to bear off and take off all the expectations, the false callings, the false mantles, the, the actual false inheritance, I had to remove them from my being, from my person, so that they wouldn't hang on me as I went into my marriage because they would conflict with the actual intent and purpose that God has. Because while I'm off trying to be the next Oprah, God is calling me to a completely different place in my life. And yes, I had this 
idea of what I was going to do with my business school degree, you know, because I know how much money you can make with that thing. God said, I want you to go this way. I want you to hide underneath this rock. I want you to go into this backwaters. And am I willing to do that? Or I'm saying, no, I really like my idea better. I like my calling better. I like my mantle better. And so uh, this journey requires, because of this, if I'm so far out of alignment with my um, calling and inheritance, I can't step on a center stage with Dan Duvall because I'm his back door. All they got to do is send stuff through me and his life is going to be wrecked. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he can be as tight and un and, and sealed up in the Holy Spirit as possible. You just need a jacked up wife who's decided she's not going to really follow the Lord. And she's going to do her own thing. And that's hell on earth for Daniel. That's his back door in his home chaos, in his home um, strife, in his home, all kinds of attacks. And all I got to do is just come through me if I'm out of alignment. Well, and sweetie, I, I would expand that to marriage in general. You know, you are touching on a very, very huge point of conflict for many people who have experienced what it's like to go deep with, with God and be married to someone who is a spiritual backdoor to what they are trying to press into. And that is a very, very difficult situation to navigate because many times the punishment for going deeper with God while being married to an individual, whether it's the husband or the wife, because it goes both ways, is so excruciatingly painful that people back away from their kingdom mandate and full expression of self because of the spouse that they are traveling with or journeying with. And, you know, as you hear Christian talk, this is this is the kind of language that began to come out of your, her mouth that I, I that, that solidified for me that she was the one God was calling me to link arms with and to join together as one with because I knew that I needed a woman who thought that way and operated that way and that a woman that thought that way and operated that way well she's going to need a man that's going to be on the same page and one of the other things that you brought up Christian which was just so good and this touches so many people in so many lives is your testimony of the false expectation because false expectation is a highway to a defiled um, um, <sighs> calling a destiny, a defiled destiny. See, we have to let go of all of the things that people put on us, things that, you know, fathers put on us and mothers put on us siblings put on us friends put on us that's a weight that many people walk around carrying trying to please people trying to produce fruit that other people think should define their lives and th there's only so much space in other words if i have one chair only one person's going to sit on that chair and 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 if that chair is being occupied by false expectation kingdom mandate cannot also sit in that chair simultaneously false expectation is going to have to be kicked out of the chair so kingdom mandate can be seated where it belongs and that's the journey that King christian is describing it's the same journey that i took when i gave up a fellowship to graduate school to get a phd in virology 
and chose to go to Bible school and began working in the basement of JCPenney for $8.25 an hour, which didn't even pay my bills at the time. And it, it, it's a tough decision to make when you choose kingdom over comfort. But the fruit is incredible. And so, sweetie, I want to publicly honor you for the journey that you've taken with Jesus and for the demonstration that is um, modeled in your life because I find it inspirational. Thank you, honey. I know we want to talk about business, and I, I, I know Daniel wanted to talk about that, and maybe we'll do it, that on a third podcast. But I also want to, um, to honor you as well. You know, I know people, when I was a listener of, of Dan Duvall, you know, you kind of always wonder what he's like. I think Dan comes across pretty harsh on the podcast and very, you know, kind of like a little belligerent. And uh, the truth is, <laughs> and I listen, I'm like, that's not who you are. You know, uh, Daniel is a really, it's, it's just the sweetest guy. He's the kind of person that the more you, you get to know him, the more you like him. He's, he's just incredibly, incredibly sincere. Oftentimes when you meet people who have high proficiencies in an area, <clears throat> particularly preachers or uh, which is why I've never wanted to marry one. Um, they usually have severe deficiencies in their ability to live out a life outside of what they do. And um, I will tell you firsthand, I live with this uh, man, and we, you know, we both work from home. Our businesses are both from home. Our dance ministries from home. And I so I'm with him day and night. He's as proficient as a husband as he is as a spiritual worker fighter. And Daniel is is just is is an incredible person to be with on on a day-to-day basis he um is is helpful around the house and is you know just a lovely person i always come up with crazy ideas of, let's go do this and he's always game for great ideas loves to laugh and is a just just an amazing person he's just as amazing as a husband just him like that without all the other crazy stuff without the spiritual warfare i would take him just the way he is and it's funny because most people marry their spouse and like, oh, I just have a little list of things that I really want him to change over the course of the next 10 years. And I always say to Daniel, do me one favor. I say, Daniel, just do me one favor. And he says, what? And what do I always say? Don't change. Don't ever change. Just say just like this. And so I just want to publicly honor you and say that I don't say things because you are my husband. You are my husband uh, because I can say these things. So I love you, and thank you so much for modeling excellence every day. Well, folks, before this turns into a mush fest, which it will in about five minutes, I (laughs) want to simply say one thing. God bless and Godspeed. You've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. If you would like to connect with us at Bride Ministries or to support what we are doing financially, visit us at www.bridemovement.com.